0: I'm so excited. We're giving out shirts this month. I feel like you said that before. Everybody loves fucking shirts, dude. He's a repeat. Yeah, I uh
1: yeah. we're giving away so you know what's funny? We do all these giveaways and promos. The most popular ones, always by far. Shirts, bro. Always. Everybody wants Who a cool doesn't shirt. want to rock an awesome shirt and, yeah, and an awesome pocket. But we're not just gonna give away or hook you up with one shirt. You're gonna get two for almost free.
0: Almost free. Almost free means under a dollar. Under a dollar.
1: Under a dollar. So here's what you do you enroll in the MAPS RGB bundle, which is MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of exercise programming. Or you take it to the next level and do the super bundle, which includes MAPS Prime, MAPS Anywhere, and all of it is discounted over 30%. Get one of those two, and it's your pick. You can pick two shirts for under a dollar. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome little little discount deal there going on. You find it at mindpumpmedia.com.
2: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews.
0: It's an official badass joining the team and uh, hosting the kettlebell.
1: Yeah, she's actually been putting it together with uh, with Mike Salemi. That's right. Uh, the badass Both
3: the powerhouses of the whole kettlebell sport she's a, in one place
1: she, she's a badass so we're interviewing Brittany. um her instagram page is what's her instagram page kb fit KB, brit yeah
0: kb fit brit
1: kb fit brit she's like one of the top female competitors in kettlebell sport i know i'm gonna butcher her last name i'm gonna try anyway her full name is Brittany van trevendick did I say that right? Uh, Who knows? God, God bless you for trying. But I call her Brit. Yeah. Uh, and we had a nice conversation with her about the sport, about her own uh, you know, fitness past and whatnot. Um, you can come see her at the competition. She'll be hosting it with Mike. So without any further ado, here's Mind Pump talking to Brittany Van Schrevendijk. Uh, Adam, I forgot to tell you, this weekend I ran into another dude with a uh, the same kind of what is that again Do we call it? Porn stash? The kind that you have? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and um, it you know, his was uh, it was good. But I think yours was better. And he's had his for a while. So whatever really? you're doing is working. Well, it's
0: a lot of um, it's a lot of hell on wheels. I've been watching that show. I'm on season five now. So I've yeah. got yeah plenty You've of been putting the beard oil in there. I, I have. I've been uh just a little bit though. It doesn't take I very see. much for the, the little what, bit
4: of... what makes one mustache better than the other? Is it just simply size or uh, like shiness or you know or what?
0: That's know? a very good question. Let but, me yeah, tell you how this that. let me tell you how this works. <laughs> so um it's the important stuff. I mean I think any any female what's size does matter. So anyone says size doesn't matter, it does matter. But really, um, a lot of men have and a texture. hard a lot of men have a hard time like connecting parts of beards and mustaches. I can't do that part. So, it doesn't grow there. You know, this is like one of the hardest... Like stashes to grow, like and so you have to be like the manliest of men yeah, to grow. Yeah, because you like this patch of great ah, hair that won't grow. So it's not to well, say like Sal's not manly because he can't grow it. It's just he's less of a man. <laughs> I see. You know. Than, yeah. I just I just Think it's an... so
4: funny how, how obsessed guys are with their facial hair. Whoa! whoa, whoa it's great. Wait it's a great. second.
0: It's no different than you girls in the highlighting
1: and the curling <laughs> oh, yeah, and the you're primping, right. right? It's. I mean, really. That's yeah. Mm. It's just our excuse to do that kind of shit. Yeah.
4: If you don't have as much hair on your head, then you need to yeah work with something
1: else. We
3: are pre. Madonna. <laughs> let's
1: be but honest. But I can't, yeah, I can't connect, I end up, if I try and get that, I end up getting the Fu Manchu, like the, like the, the Chinese Kung Fu Master thing, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> where you get the long... Like, That'd be awesome if you did that. Yeah. yeah, so, but Adam, you said it's hard to grow, it makes me think like you sit there and concentrate on making it grow, is there a technique? <laughs> wow. like, a, like a Chia Pet, like, formula you, think you
3: have,
0: Are lucky, somewhere? genetically
4: blessed, or...
0: Oh, I wouldn't say that, it took me 30, 30 plus years to get there, it's, mm. uh, yeah, it just takes time. Takes time, time and grit, consistency... Focus, mm. <laughs> a lot of discipline, you know, Raps. you got to be good with the razor too, Got it. because because yeah. sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's some areas where I'm not like all the way full, but you know how I cut it, it makes it look like you're training full. it. Yeah, I'm training. Mm. Exactly. Are you getting yeah, less? Like a hedge. Are you getting less kisses? No, I think my girl likes it. I told you mm-hmm. we do we do a lot of uh, role playing with the whole uh, <laughs> railroad thing. <Yeah>. Choo,
2: choo. <laughs> rail. yeah. do you have the yeah. hat
0: that's got the stripes. Do we have the whole ensemble, man? She's, Did you uh, say uh, railroad? Yeah, that's great. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what hell on wheels. Conductor, is. conductor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's we, be real. If she didn't like it, it probably wouldn't be there anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: If, it, it, if it impeded on my uh, bedroom time, I most right, certainly I've shaved my face I too would have many a baby times. Face. <laughs> I like to, you know, we're six years deep into our relationship. I got to keep her guessing, you know what I'm saying? So that's one of my strategies.
1: Excellent. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Enough about me. Talk about the the badass
0: chick that's in the room with us, man.
1: So uh, you are, from other people, other people have said that you're one of the more well-known kettlebell sport female athletes um, that competes uh, at a very high level. And you just had a competition, right? Yes, or was it what, what you're was it? also
0: the first female ever to come in here that's actually strong, stronger than Sal. So mm-hmm. this is uh, oh, also yeah? impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that's true, you're twice as strong as Adam. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love showing up the
0: guys.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, you know what? Let's not joke because let's all not joke around here because the truth is, with those kettlebells, she could to kill us all. Well, hey, I let's 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 start, truth, let's now.
0: start right there cuz you bring that up. I'm curious, um, you know, someone who competes at your level, uh, I can't imagine the the discipline, the work ethic, the time you've put under the kettlebell or whatever you would say. Um, what what drove you uh to be competitive like that? You just said I like to show up to boys. Like where does that come from? Where does that stem from?
4: I'm just I'm just really competitive. I think it's probably just growing up. I have three siblings and I feel like my dad was just always kind of encouraging us to be competitive, you, you whether it was or intentional or not. Um, I'm, I have a, a little sister, an older sister, an older brother.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Middle child.
4: Yeah, middle child. Marsha, Marsha. So
1: what, <laughs> what, 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 how did you get into kettlebells? Because that's not nearly as common as other forms of exercise. How did you get introduced to them? Were you an athlete before?
4: I used to do track and field in high school, so I I was an athlete in, in high school and wanted to do that going into college, but it didn't really end up panning out, so I actually got an internship at a gym during college and found kettlebells through there is at um the ice chamber that's up in richmond east mm. bay and they're super into kettlebell sport they're one of the biggest gyms in the u.s for it and i had no idea i walked in and i was like yeah i know you guys are kind of into kettle which <laughs> you know if you know kettlebells yeah that, right? you yeah. can't say kettleball. it's like a party foul so <laughs> i i didn't I I was worried, like, I wouldn't get the internship because I had said kettlebell. Because I was being interviewed, and and the woman, Sarah, who interviewed me, she was like, It's actually kettlebell. Like, she corrected me right there. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. But um, luckily, they still hired me, and I ended up, um, you know, learning just so much about kettlebells in the sport and um, having some great role models there who were um, really into competing in the sport. And so, wanting to do that as well. Did,
1: were you good, like right? Because obviously, to compete at a high level, that means a) you train your butt off, but b) you probably were kind of a natural to it. Was that? Was that mm, how, did,
4: actually not really? My, wow. I, I I guess I never really thought about it until there was this time. My my coach. my chamber he wrote an article about me and he he said in the article britney was by no means a natural when she started i was like ouch i was like wow i didn't know that that was pretty awesome (laughs) but uh it was super challenging at first but i'm definitely one of those people that likes to rise to the challenge so i think the fact that it didn't come easy was something that made me want to learn it even more Mm.
1: could you for the listeners explain uh one of the basics of the sport, the competition. What does it look like? What do you have to do in order to compete uh, with other people?
4: So typically, it's a, a ten-minute set of kettlebell of a kettlebell event. It could be um, the clean and jerk, long cycle, or snatch, or just the
1: jerk. Now you say ten minutes. What does that mean? Does that mean you're doing it? It for means ten, 10 minutes?
4: minutes. No setting the kettlebells down. If you have one kettlebell, you can switch one time. But once you switch, you can't switch back. So it's... It's usually, you know, five minutes per arm or just 10 minutes without setting the bells down, which is really brutal. If you've ever used kettlebells at all, you could kind of imagine, you know, doing, hanging on to that thing for 10 minutes. That's yeah, just, insane. Just, just
0: holding onto a kettlebell for 10 minutes is a pain in the ass. Exactly. I, would, I, would, I used to make my members, when we give them a tour, like if someone came oh, in and I they were like you overweight, did. you know, and I'd, I'd <laughs> give them like a like a 30 pound kettle or a 30 pound dumbbell and I would just make them carry it around as we toured and then have them put it down afterwards and ask them how it felt to lose the 30 <laughs> pounds, you know, and so... That was a pain in the ass just to walk around the gym for fucking two minutes. I can't imagine 10-minute cycle.
1: Oh, I I challenge the listeners right now. Grab a couple 20-pound dumbbells and just hold them for 10 minutes and walk around and see how tired your hands get and the rest of your body. So this is literally 10 minutes, don't put them down, and then they count every completed rep. And so however many reps you do within that period of time, that's your score. Yes. Wow. So in order to do that, you have to really pace yourself, obviously have endurance, good technique. Uh,
4: I would say good, good technique being the most crucial part of it.
1: W- so explain some of the techniques that you guys use to be able to go through. Is it just learning how to pace yourself or
4: a lot of it is learning how to relax at the right parts of the lift. So if you're not uh, relaxing in in the rack position when when you're holding the bells kind of up in front of the chest, um if you're you know you don't have great flexibility in that position, you can't rest your your elbows on your hips it makes it a lot harder because you'd be you know, using your arms to hold the bells there. So um, that's a lot of times why you see some of the, the women who are lifting heavier do better than the guys that are lifting heavier if those guys don't have good flexibility mm. because they're just not able to rest at the right positions and conserve the energy for the right parts of the lift. Mm.
0: This Did, reminds me of what Mike was so – why he said he liked it because it's kind of this combination of like – technique, endurance, flexibility, strength. It really encompasses everything, right? You can't get away with not being good at one of those to be, if you're going to be at the top level, right?
4: Exactly. It's got this kind of strange juxtaposition of where you some parts of your body are relaxing, but some parts of your body are working at the same time, which is very challenging for kind of that brain body connection.
1: Now, uh, were you, before you got introduced to kettlebells, you were pretty active and you worked out quite a bit. And yes. then you started training a lot with kettlebells, and in particular, training for the sport or kettlebell sport. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that don't know what the sport looks like, but uh, even more so, don't know how the body changes when you start training that way. What were some of the things that you noticed in your body? Uh, what are some th- like? Can you pick out a, a kettlebell sport athlete by looking at them like you can, uh, you know, a shot putter, a sprinter, or a Long-distance runner? Are there Sometimes. certain characteristics?
4: I think it also depends on how long they've been in the sport. So there's, like any sport, there's some um, some things that will happen that could be not so benefic- beneficial. Like some of the top lifters have a little bit of like a forward head posture from mm. kind of like pushing their head through the bells or um, a little bit of um, rounded, rounded shoulders. Some people, uh, like me, will have kind of what I call like had elbows like my my elbows kind of bend backwards a little bit which I think they already had that position before but sometimes just the the weight of the bells can end up pushing them back a little Mm -hmm. bit but definitely um really strong like quads um probably some some nice boulder shoulders going on (laughs) So um, there's there's definitely some good musculature that, that is built in there as well. Do so now s-
3: they, they allow um, belts and they allow squat shoes. And uh, so this is – does anybody try it without any sort of uh, supported uh, uh, positioning or, or like uh, apparatuses?
4: Yeah, I think uh, not everybody uses a belt. Again, it goes back to like the flexibility that people have because a belt is in kettlebell sport is really – not really used for lower back support. It's mostly for giving you a better connection of your elbows to your hips so that when you launch the kettlebells on a jerk, mm. you um, are more efficient. So if you have great flexibility, you might not. You can get away with not using a belt. Or if you're not lifting super heavy, you might not need a belt. Um, as far as the shoes, there's some people that think that maybe you don't need such a hard shoe for you know, many repetitions over time. And and typically the shoes are are used more if you have a lack of like ankle mobility Mm -hmm. um, and range of motion. So if you don't have that, you you probably don't necessarily need a lifting shoe. Yeah, because it
3: seems like, I mean, just the swing, it's so technical. There's so many different cues and things that you have to learn. You have to have really good body awareness to even pull a lot of these movements off. You would think that, you know, you'd be hyper-connected, you know, going through this already. So,
4: yeah. Do yeah, you, it's tough to learn, for sure. Yeah.
1: Is it a male-dominated sport, or are there a lot of women competing?
4: I think uh, in the U.S., there's I think there's more women, I feel like, especially... Really? Oh, wow. ...kind of getting into the higher levels. Um, for a long time, the women were just doing single bell lifts as well, which is a little bit easier to get into with the heavier weights for the guys. It's like, if you want to do... You know, for for anybody, really, if you want to do two kettlebells and get up to a higher weight, it's not just something you can do as, um, you know, just a little hobby and spend one or two days a week. It's like you really have to work super hard at it. So I think um, that made it a little bit harder for guys to, to get into it. Plus, it's a little bit hard on the ego sometimes because if as a guy you come in and you get crushed by using two 12 kilo bells trying to go for 10 minutes, that probably doesn't feel very good if you come from a background of lifting super heavy and you're kind of feel like you should come into this and be able to lift heavy too it's actually more of an endurance sport really than it is mm. strength but i think that sometimes gets confused and for some guys it's maybe hard on their ego yeah. i had no
1: idea i had no <laughs> idea a nice way to put it yeah i had no idea so many women uh, like to compete in it. I, I would imagine that it'd be a male dominant sport like most you know weight type based uh, competition type sports why do you think women like it so much?
4: I think part part of that is also the influence. Um, there was a big influence from uh, the Ice Chamber, the gym used to work at. Um, the The women that started there, they're known as like the Ice Chamber Kettlebell Girls. Mm. They. Were some of the first women, um, it's like the get...
0: girls, yeah, like yeah, to get, to get certain, so. yeah. <laughs> not,
4: not exactly, <laughs> <laughs> to get certain rank. They were the first women to get certain rankings and kind of help influence a lot more participation of women all over the world. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think maybe just having those those certain role models and because it's not quite as intimidating maybe as, you know, the weight isn't necessarily as heavy as something you would do in a powerlifting competition. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more endurance based, which, you know, I think there's a lot of studies that show women are really good at endurance sports. Mm
1: -hmm. What's your background, by the way, Mm -hmm. with, with fitness, uh, like educational background, are you, uh, you talked about certifications and is this, was this your, is this your chosen field, uh, still, do you still work or is this what you do full time?
4: This is what I do full time. I actually have a um, civil engineering degree from Cal, Mm. which is completely different. (laughs) I don't really need a degree for what I do now. But um, yeah, I kind of veered past after I started uh, working at the gym that I was at during college. Mm. And then um, from there, I got like my uh, CSCS and... Actually, just got my first kettlebell certification last October. I had helped teach certifications. I didn't officially have one for myself, so
1: that was kind of funny <laughs> yeah I, it's I think we were all uh, a little shocked to discover the 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 cult. Surrounding, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I know I, you keep saying that. It well, sounds, I sounds bad when you say "cool." Well, what I say, <laughs> what I what I mean is just that it, sometimes you find the really enthusiastic club. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you find a, like a new thing that starts to grow, but before something gets really big, there's this like small passionate uh group of people that surround it. It happens with every movement, you know. Cro- we talk about CrossFit having that at one point. I mean, we were all at some point connected or knew of crossfit because crossfit originated around here in the bay area santa cruz and we were aware of of it before it became really big but before it became huge there were like seven clubs or five clubs and they were all super passionate about what they were doing and we were really pleasantly surprised to find that kettlebell sport has that same passion but it's even at at this point it's bigger right there's how many clubs right now in the u.s like 12 15 something like that
4: I think there's definitely more than 12 or 15, but uh, some of them are very small. You know, it's still kind of spread out. Like, I I'll, I'll get a lot of messages from people who are trying to start Kettlebell Sport, but there's really almost nothing for, you like know, a
0: place for them to go. Nowhere
4: or... around. They'd have to drive five, six hours to get somewhere that actually has a Kettlebell Sport coach. So there's a lot of clubs where they're small and there's a lot of kind of isolated people that are training on their own out there. Um,
1: but yeah, it's got this like, Fervor around it, like when when the people who are involved, in the sport are very very passionate. Well, that being said, oh, that yeah. makes
0: me want to ask a question: How is? like? The, is there any drama and like competitiveness amongst the there's gotta be
4: there is so much drama oh, you, gotta, okay, you have come on. no idea lay it down yeah. this is what
0: this is what I want to know I, I need to hmm. know before we have all these guys in our facility because I think we have like eight or nine different clubs which might kind of give yeah, me we want to know the dirt on everybody yeah give me the give me the 411 on like
4: well I don't want to bash anyone in particular <laughs> that's okay we
0: can, you can do it as you PC. can do it in general yeah yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> well, so people far I've said. done a
4: great job people have complimented me on my ability to stay neutral so I have to kind of to try to keep writing that line, but <laughs> there's, there's kind of a lot of conflicts with different organizations that sort of want to be in charge. Wow. And, um, are these
1: organizations that run competitions? Is that what yes. you're, okay, okay. Yeah.
4: Different organizations that, that are running comps and, um, you know, there's, there's one competition that kind of wants to follow more of, um, kind of the russian the traditional way that kettlebell sport has always been run in in russia and in eastern europe and you know then there's uh, other organizations that kind of want to just you know try to start something new or or realize that the the sport is kind of different in america because we've got a lot of amateur lifters whereas in in russia there's just kind of a lot of elite lifters and not really a lot of stuff at the amateur level. A lot of their lifters are guys in the military who compete, like it's their job to compete in kettlebell sport. And they just spend like all day training and, and the, you know, the, the weightlifting culture is pretty crazy in Russia. So it's, it's very different from what people want to do here. A lot of people that compete have, you know, they have nine to five jobs and they do it for fun and they just want to you know they have disposable income and and want to spend it on on this cool hobby they have, but um, it's very different. So I think the approach kind of has to be different in terms of what the market for you know competitions is. But there's there's definitely kind of conflicts between where that should be going. Have you
1: have you trained in Russia?
4: I I've been to the World Championships in in Siberia in 2013. Ooh
1: in Siberia! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's hardcore. Now, uh, let's <laughs> yeah, get let's stay
0: on the this topic of these guys having different uh different opinions on how to run the competition. Does this um I mean, does this create controversy when they go to run a competition that you've got, "Hey, I don't I'm not going to go if you're going to be running by these rules" or I mean, what
4: It's kind of more created like two to three different groups that people that kind of stick to these certain competitions. So um, some people will only compete under this organization. Some people will only compete under that one. And so um, it's, it's almost like there's a little bit of a split within the community of, of kettlebell people, which, you know, what, what I've liked so far about, um, you know, the competition that we're planning in May is that it seemed to bring people from kind of both sides in to compete because it's not necessarily... Um, one or the other. Yeah, specifically geared towards just one side. So, so do
1: you find like these athletes are the best in this organization, these athletes are the best in this other organization, and now we're getting them to compete against each other? Are we finding yeah. some of that?
4: Yeah, I think that that's definitely coming together that's kinda a That's kind of cool. Bit.
1: It's like yeah. the early UFC now are there any like
0: staple moves or things that one does and not the other or that yeah, what are the differences well, yeah, in- if I, like if I was a, just a spectator who had new, yeah. no idea what organization was which are there certain things like oh that's definitely you know well, the Russian like, technique yeah or, oh, that's definitely like
3: hard like, like, style. did CrossFit come up with that swing that goes up really high like what is that can you explain <laughs> the American that to me? swing yeah I,
4: I, I don't I think CrossFit came up with that I'm not totally sure where it comes from I thought from. so yeah, I haven't I haven't really done much with that swing. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I was wondering about. it. I was like, is this made up? They and, did it again.
0: And, well, how about that too? What do what do most like uh, kettlebell sport people think of like CrossFit? Do they do they think that um, you guys are like each other, or are they are you really like most people mm-hmm. that do kettlebell mm-hmm. sport are not a fan of CrossFit? I can
1: read your smirk right now. You're, <laughs> you're forming a politically correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Tell me. That's I why it's say, All I right. Think,
4: I think most people in kettlebell sport don't like CrossFit. <laughs> there are a few crossovers. There's actually um one of the women who'll be competing in May, Tara, she's at OKC. I don't know if Mike has talked mm-hmm. about her, but she's uh, pretty new but awesome, awesome lifter. She's actually a CrossFitter. And a kettlebell athlete, awesome. so she's got oh, a cross wow. crossover there. So she's really we'll pray pretty her. good at both. <laughs> yeah, pray for her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the different organizations. What are the main differences between them? Uh, you know, for the layman. Well,
4: there's the thing is that there, there's like a lot of organizations, but I would say kind of the main. Ones that I, I'm kind of referring to right now would be like the the American Kettlebell Alliance, AKA, mm. which kind of follows the the standards of the IUKL, which is a international um, organization that out of, based in Russia. And so they're more focused on, like at their worlds, it's countries. So there would be a Team USA that goes over mm. and competes against athletes from different countries. And then there's um, an organization that my coach, Dennis Vasiliev and, and his coach, Sergey Rachinsky formed, which is a world association of kettlebell clubs, and they just did the world championships that was back in February, which is based around clubs. So it's not necessarily by country, but there might be a bunch of different clubs within the U.S. that come to compete. So it's kind of um, a little bit different that way.
0: Which mm. is more along the lines of what we're holding here, right? I mean, that's what we have all these different clubs that are coming in uh, that are going to be competing against each other. I like that. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, it reminds me of football or baseball. It's kind of set up more like that. I think that's a more interesting way as a spectator, I think, mm. to watch it.
1: Yeah. What are some other things associated with the culture of kettlebell sport? Um, is there, like, a, a way that you guys like to eat? I mean, I ask this because every, like I said, every, uh, you know... Yeah, like rituals and all these yeah, things. Every, these, every, yeah, everything I see, like, bodybuilders like to eat a certain way, and, like, CrossFit is a paleo. And do you, do, is there, uh, do you guys have your own, like you know, things that you do that are kind of unique to kettlebell sport?
4: I'm I'm sure there are. Um I know a lot of people um they do this thing called stage five, so it's after a comp it it's based on um I think it's some training program. I can't remember whose training program it is, but it's based on some training program that has these different stages. And the last stage is stage five, where it's after a competition. You pretty much just eat whatever you want. So people like to, (laughs) you know, on social media after their competition, they're like, stage five! And they post all these, like, pictures of all this, food they're eating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's sounds, like a one. <laughs> it sounds
3: like a you T-shirt. That yeah, sounds like totally a T-shirt. you went totally stage five. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I like yeah.
0: that. I like that. I wanted to ask you. Uh, you you kind of grazed over uh, talking about being a, a high school athlete and then wanting to go play college. Um, talk about what that that transition was like for you, and that that kind of helped shape and develop your character, and what happened during that time that made you do that, and what what were you going through in your life around there.
4: Yeah. So, uh, I had a great, uh, high school track and field coach and he really encouraged me to pursue becoming a heptathlete in college. So I really wanted to, I love track and field, really, really loved it. And, um, when I got to Cal, I decided I would try walking onto the team. So that was definitely an experience. Um, I, again, I don't want to like bad mouth any, anyone in particular, but it just was not a good experience for me. Like I, um, I understand you have to prove yourself as like a walk on at a, it's a division one school, but I really had to, um, kind of try to force my way in without much support from anybody. The people on the team were not very friendly. The coaches didn't talk to me. Um, I felt like I had a lot of, a lot to give in terms of like hard work. And I wasn't necessarily as talented as the other athletes that were there, but I felt like, um, I was able to really keep up in training and stuff like that. So uh, I, I tried it for a while and decided that, you know, with all the work I was putting in, I would probably, you know, be redshirted for a year or two and, and maybe get to do a couple competitions. So I decided it wasn't really worth it. So that kind of – that definitely um, influenced me in that I still really had a drive that I wanted to compete in, in something and, and prove kind of my athletic abilities – and which kind of led me to to discover like kettlebell lifting, I think was what helped.
0: So I have a lot. Me. I have a lot of buddies that actually went through a similar situation. In fact, some of them actually went to a different college just because they didn't want to have to experience that. They were, you know, hey, I, I'd rather just go to a D two or a three where I know I'm going to play a lot. Like when you when you knowing what you know now and have gone through it, does part of you wish you would have done that, gone to a smaller school and then went and kicked ass like you probably? Oh,
4: definitely. Would? Yeah, yeah, I think I really would have enjoyed it um, being able to compete in, in college, even, you know, I wouldn't really care what division I was in, you know?
0: Yeah. And and I know when, when you're like a really competitive person and especially with sports like that, that's a tough time especially at that age that we're, you know, we're in that, that 15 to 20 years old and going through like that. And that was probably a big dream of yours. Did you feel crushed? Did you, did you go through depression at all? Did it motivate you more to do something else? I mean, how how did you feel or do you remember going through that?
4: i mean i definitely it was kind of a up and down experience as i was going through it for sure it was it, it was really disappointing but i was really glad that i actually had tried um because i feel like if i hadn't tried to walk onto the team and found out what it was like i probably would have regretted you know not seeing whether i could have made it yeah mm-hmm. but um i think i i was fine kind of moving on from it um, and and just deciding to try to find something else. Was
1: there a gap between that and you know training with kettlebells? In other words, did you just stop? Did you stop working out? Did you stop being athletic for a second there?
4: No, I I just kind of was doing stuff on my own. So at first, I just started running more. Like I just started running like long distance stuff, and mm-hmm. I think I did a half marathon. But kind of decided that was too boring. (laughs) So I, um, I started weightlifting. I just would go to the gym on my own and and start weightlifting. So kind of really started loving weightlifting. I think when I was just training on my own during Mm -hmm. that time.
1: So I find this challenge quite a bit with uh, athletes that I've worked with who are competitively driven like yourself, where they are very, very driven to compete against others or to compete against themselves or a time or and that's what keeps them motivated to continue working out. Do you find, you know, for yourself that if you don't have that competition, that you find it's that you have to find a different motivation to work out? Do you see how that could cause it? Is that does that cause an issue for you? Are you more holistically oriented now, or is it still in that mode?
4: Training for kettlebell sport is definitely the the biggest motivation for me to work out. Like I don't do well if I don't have a specific goal mm-hmm. to train and work towards. Like I. I don't think I would be able to do something like bodybuilding, which I give props to people who do that at a high level because I feel like it takes so much discipline. But to me, it doesn't quite motivate me just from like an aesthetic standpoint. I feel like I would really need a, a specific kind of athletic goal to help me. I kind of, you know, I go through times where I'm like, oh, maybe it'd be fun to just you know, to take a break from kettlebells, just work out. I can just do whatever I want, just, you know, no no rules on it. And then as soon as I kind of start going that direction, I like, I get bored pretty quickly. I like, oh no, I need, I, I need to start getting ready for that next challenge in kettlebells, you know? So that's definitely something that keeps me
1: do you, motivated. Do you find it challenging to keep yourself from overtraining?
4: Oh yeah. Oh, I think I've always had, had a hard time with that because when I first started Um, Like working at the gym and training kettlebells, I was definitely overtraining and, you know, uh, taking a class and training kettlebells and just too much. So I think I've gotten better with that in the past few years and realized that, you know, performance is definitely based on being more balanced and taking more rest and recovery and not... Mm -hmm overtraining cuz especially with kettlebell sport you have to be so mentally motivated going into a long set that if you're physically tired it
1: just you just you won't be able to do it. How do you balance yourself out now?
4: I train 3 times a week. So part of that is having a coach that mm tells me what to do or what not to do and kind of knowing that like, okay, my coach would probably tell me this is not a good idea. (laughs) So that definitely helps me. Um, So in between days, I'll I'll oftentimes do just, you know, like yoga or stretching and making sure that I do more recovery that way.
1: So three days a week, that's it. You're at at this level of training and you only train like for that three days a week. Is that purely kettlebells or do you incorporate barbells and dumbbells and other forms or modalities?
4: I used to do more accessory training with barbells, but I think um, for kettlebell sport, once you hit a certain level of base level of strength, you don't really need a lot of accessory training. For me, I feel like it would be overtraining if I do a lot of additional weight training because there's such a high volume of repetitions with kettlebell sport, right. which I think people don't always consider. It's so much volume that it's very different from. Um, doing, you know, lower rep stuff, even if the weight is a lot heavier, mm. it takes a, a big toll on your body and your nervous system. So you kind of have to take that into yeah. account.
3: What do you notice uh, gives way, like, as far as when you're going through the, the competition, what fatigues uh, first?
4: Mm, it depends on the lift. So mm. if, if it's um, the snatch lift, everybody will tell you it's like it's your grip. So Mm -hmm. if you're, it's, it's all about technique for that lift. So a lot of times, you know, it's so frustrating because if your technique isn't there, you might end your set at a point where you don't really feel that physically tired, but it's this like your forearm is so pumped that you can't hang onto the kettlebell, Mm. which in, in that case, it's, you know, just all about the technical efficiency of it.
0: You know, Mike brought this up too. And are you the same way where he, he made, he's, he told me like, once he gets like, a minute to three minutes in, he knows what this is going to look like. He can feel his body and what it's going to be like from like, from that exact point. He says, I can tell if my technique is just slightly off and if this is going to be a good, a good round for me or not right within the first minute to three minutes. Is it the same way for you too?
4: Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think I could tell within the first few minutes, whether it's going to be a, you know, an easier set or just a really tough set. Like, not going to set the bells down either way, but you can tell whether it's going to be kind of like a struggle set that day, or whether it's going to, yeah. you know, be kind of more of a PR day.
1: Any <laughs> overuse uh, injuries uh, that result because it's it's so so many reps, so many repetitions of overhead movements. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you see all the all the injuries?
4: Um. Usually, people get some at some point during their their kettlebell lifting career. They're going to get some kind of. Um, Forearm pain, whether it's when they're first learning that they're kind of hitting their form with a bell, or just some kind of sustained longer injury. Um, a lot of people get some elbow, elbow like tendonitis, mm. um, and uh, definitely say shoulder. Shoulder, going to see shoulder. Wow, no low back stuff. Um, lower back probably comes up too, but I I think a lot of times it's it's more like. Uh, connective tissue and kind of the small like stabilizing muscles Mm. a lot of times
1: do you see a lot of growth potential for the sport do you see do you think it could get real big
4: oh yeah i mean i definitely think it's gonna it's gonna i don't know if it'll be as big as crossfit sure but i feel like it could definitely be in a similar arena with
3: with mm, what what makes you think compete with it
4: well like you said the the passion of the of the people that are in it um it has a very supportive community all the competitions i've i've been to it's it's people are competitive but they're super supported supportive of, of one another and it's not to say that i've never been in a situation where people were kind of like catty competitive but most of the time you know everybody is supportive of each other's goals while still wanting to do their best as well which i see as you know an environment that Anybody who wants to take part will feel, you know, kind of welcomed and and encouraged to learn and do their best as well.
1: Now, you said it might not be as big as like CrossFit or whatever. What do you see the challenges uh, of it being, uh, of it growing? Uh, Now, I I know as a listener and as someone who's just been introduced, I've just been introduced to this whole world recently. And uh, again, I commented on the passion and the fervor behind it. Um, and then the other side of me, the guy who's the marketing guy, uh, who, you know, I'm, I'm looking at things objectively. I'm like, God, a 10 minute set? That could be boring to watch. Like, is there a, a spectator? Do, do, do people like to come watch, or do you see there, that being an issue?
4: I have sometimes been surprised by people liking to watch more than I thought they would. So. Just even like my family coming to watch, I I remember coming to watch my first few competitions. I was like, you don't have to. It's really boring. You're not going to like it. They actually thought it was really cool. Really? And after a few competitions, they would start noticing stuff about different people's technique. And mm. like, hey, that person, like, that doesn't look good, right? Like, that's not good <laughs> technique. You know, they would kind of start noticing stuff. But I definitely think that... There might have to be some changes in terms of what exactly the competition would look like. Maybe mm-hmm. it would, you know, be more of a combination of the different exercises with five minute sets or something. I feel like I I would be open to seeing the sport change a little bit and evolve to increase in popularity. I think like we kind of touched upon some drama that happens, I think that there would be a lot of resistance from people who are currently leading some leaders of the sport would really mm. really be against that They're so
3: purists right
4: yeah exactly so i sometimes i get worried that newcomers coming into the sport will sort of see some of the drama that goes on and be turned off by it um because some of it is just really petty mm. and, and mm-hmm. dumb so i i get a little concerned about that but you know i think as a sport grows and moves forward um you know people that Are against positive changes that are happening. The sport will just kind of get left behind anyway. You
3: know, I see. I see a lot of uh, just from my perspective, uh, like how the sport of jujitsu grew. Right. So for me, as is somebody that's that's really been into like kickboxing and boxing, and you know this whole rise of MMA. Uh, you know, jujitsu for me was incredibly boring to watch until you get further into it and you realize how technical each one of these moves are and like, you know, the, the the chess match and the game and, you know, what they have to strategize to be able to kind of pull these moves off and all this kind of stuff. And I got into that a little bit just watching Mike and in, in how he was able to articulate all these different uh, parts of the movement and like, you know, the placements and like, when you really dive deep into this sport, you realize how
0: extremely technical Well, it is. not only that, but we were talking about, uh, you know, when we first brought this up, I thought the same thing, too. I thought, you know, God, 10 minutes, the same move, like, you know, what kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know if I see this sport being that huge because of that. But then I think, well, wait a second, that's stupid. The, the number one watch sport in America is a fucking car going around in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> the same fucking circle, the same, like, about the same but speed. But you could die, so it's got five, that going for you. Five, in
4: kettlebells, there's definitely a point where you kind of can start seeing either, like, the meltdown, uh. or somebody drops a kettlebell. You know, at all, every competition you go to, there's some dramatic, like the kettlebell flies and almost hits the judge and knocks oh, wow. over the
1: timer. Huh. And, is what we need, to you get know. Into. So there's yeah.
4: danger. There's
1: danger. Yeah, there is. See? So it's just it's just <laughs> it's, <perfect. perfect. laughs> it's just like no, that. it's a war of attrition. I think yeah. people like That's what I was See, th- the body breakdown. That's what I was yeah. getting to because that's what I came to is that you know, there's definitely things about sports that are exciting that have to do with the sport itself. And then there's the human element. And I feel like watching someone do this shit and start to break down and the looks on their faces, and then you're like, come on, you can like hold on, keep going. Like it feels like you would see people. Like try to go through death, and that seems oh yeah exciting to watch there's
4: there's <laughs> so many epic sets like at the at the worlds that was earlier in February. there was so many epic sets, and at some at the end of some of them, you know people are like screaming as they're like you know pushing out their last few reps, and it's like the whole room is just going crazy, trying to like cheer and support oh, yeah. them. So I think there's definitely some some pretty awesome elements in terms of you know spectating for it and and usually what will. What that difference is between, you know, the average person competing and the champion is that you'll see that difference of, you know, the the average person will will start to sort of crumble and fall apart and the champion's the one that's able to keep pushing through to the end, you know, whether or not they're struggling, they're keeping that pace and they're, you know... Finishing all the way and putting it all out there on the platform. So well,
0: they also have counters right above their heads. So you get this as a you know spectator. I'm watching like oh you know the last minute yeah. you see if a couple people could be within three of, many within yeah. three of each other. I can imagine that getting wild. And it's it, actually
4: surprising like how oftentimes there's a close contest because the you know the rep ranges can be so different. Many times there's like I've been in multiple contests where it was rep for rep down to the last second. You know wow so oh, it's crazy that gets always exciting as well
1: wow yeah. what, what are some of the craziest things you've seen at some of these competitions
4: well just at the last competition the kettlebell flew and uh the person lifting it fell down so that was kind of dramatic and that that happens at almost any competition it's really? happened to one of the guys i coach He just kettlebells let fly you know so that's always pretty dramatic i don't think i've ever seen anybody like puke well, yeah, I don't think I've seen them puke. I haven't seen them drop like a kettlebell on their head or anything oh, like that. But, that you know, just kind of probably <laughs> well, like they good. lose their kettlebell over their head and it kind of twists their elbow back and the bell will fall on the ground. But, um, yeah. Yeah. What People do you, falling down. Oh, there's there's some guys who will just after they finish their set, they'll just almost like throw their bells and just collapse down on the platform like every time. I like how you
1: said some guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's
4: there's certain guys. I'm thinking of it's like their signature Dramatic. move. One, yes. one of them being a uh, mm-hmm. Sergey Rachinsky, is a very um, well known lifter and coach from Russia. He has there's a video someone created on YouTube of his like faints at the end of his set so it just goes through one after the other of him and some of them it's like it's 32 kilo bells and it's all when he drops them it's like they it's almost like he pushed them up and out and I'm like how, how do they how does he have so much energy to push them as he's falling down to the floor? It's like really entertaining.
1: <laughs> it's like pro. It's like the uh, World Cup. Are people there are fall. there
0: athletes yeah. or coaches that um, you know you aspire to be like, or you look up to, or that you I just think are amazing at what they're doing? I know you've name dropped a few people that are really good, but you know, are, are there a few that you in particular are interested in, or you follow, or you like to watch?
4: I would say um, I, I definitely look up to my, my coach, Dennis Vasiliev. He's like amazing athlete and lifter. Um, probably Abigail Johnston would be the, the female lifter that I look up to. She just, every single lift she does, most people in the sport are, kind of really good at at one and maybe they're decent at the others she is just the top in every single lift single bell double bell doesn't matter she's um, amazing at all of them and her technique is just really really good so I I love to watch her and and aspire to be like her
0: what's uh what would you say your strength is and your weakness is
4: I would say long cycle is probably my best event um snatch in terms of my numbers, not, not probably my, my worst one. Although ironically, I'm kind of known for being good at it. I don't, I don't really know how this works. (laughs) I guess I'm like, I'm good at it relative to most people, but in terms of like high level, the other high level athletes, I'm, I'm nowhere near where they're at yet. So that's the one that I kind of need to improve on the most.
1: What, What goes through your mind towards the end of a long cycle when you're just dying?
4: Depends on the day. Like I've had sets where every minute I'm like, I really want to set it down. Like, would anyone care if I set it down? kind of <laughs> like that goes <laughs> maybe over they and over. won't see me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe they won't maybe see me. Maybe no one will notice. <laughs> but, um, sometimes it's what motivates me is being close to a previous PR. You know, sometimes what motivates me is the crowd cheering, um, sometimes it's like just knowing that like, okay, if I, I really don't want to have to do this again. So if I could just get to this number now, then, you know, I'm good. (laughs) So it really, really depends on the day. But, um, I don't know that at at the end of most of my sets is a particular thought that goes through my head, but it's just like, I just know I'm, I'm, I'm so close to the end and I've put in so much work already that like, I know no matter what, I'm going to finish it.
0: Now, Brett, you brought up, um, you know, you do this now. You're in the gym. This is a full-time gig for you. What's that like for somebody? Is there big money in, in kettlebell sport? Can you can you make a lot of money being an athlete? Or do you have to kind of be a trainer on the side and do other things? What's that look like?
4: There's definitely not not any money in kettlebell sport at the <laughs> moment. So <laughs> if any listeners were looking to, you know, make it big, that's, that's not really the case yet. But – um, I, I mean, I coach at a gym, so we, we have a kettlebell sport team, but you know, I, I teach just regular kettlebell fitness classes and I, I'm trying, I think I'm probably one of the people who's closest to trying to make, you know, kettlebell sport their career. I Mm. I have kind of built up my online following. I have online students and I'm trying to create some different online products. So I think, you know, you can make it work for you, um, if you're willing to take that risk, you know, for me, that's something that I, I think it's good. I have kind of a niche that I'm working in. Um, and mo- most people at this point kind of have heard of me if they're into kettlebell sport. So um, that's, I think it's challenging to try to make it within the kettlebell world, especially because it's not that big, but you know, one of my, my hopes is that I just will help grow the sport. And then as that gets bigger, there'll be more opportunities for people to be able to just do their
1: work within you must have a ton of ideas then in terms of what you think needs to happen for it to really grow.
4: Yes, and I'm still sort of discovering it like as I go. I feel like it's, it's hard to know exactly what will work, but um, I think we're sort of moving in the right direction. Like I said, um, there has a, for a long time been this idea that we need to follow everything that the Russian organizations do, but I'm definitely of the mind that I don't think that's the case because I don't think that's what's going to work in the u.s why,
1: why because of the whole amateur pro type thing
4: yes it's a very different market and mm. just because something has been done a certain way for you know hundreds of years doesn't mean it's necessarily the right way and sacrilege seeing, seeing as where kettlebell sport is right now which is not that big clearly it hasn't worked that well for, <laughs> for making it into something more popular so mm. i definitely think that that needs to change.
1: Now is it because the changes will make it more spectator friendly or because it's more welcoming to people? more
4: more welcoming for sure. Because for you know, for a long time there's a I think there's this whole like mystique about kettlebell sport and people don't really didn't really know enough about it and people were hiding the training secrets around it. So I think that if that knowledge isn't available to people, then how can they even know whether it's something they would like or be interested in. So that's most of what I've done with with my uh, website and my social media is just try to put the knowledge I have out there and um, share it with everybody for free because it's, it's go, it should come out there at some point. Otherwise, how can people even train? They should be at least training the right way.
1: Do you get pushback?
4: Not really. I, I don't – I've had a few – small instances of kind of some social media drama, but nothing uh, nothing really related to people being, like, mad about anything I'm sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of what I learned, I learned from where I first started training the Ice Chamber, and, you know, I had even talked with them about that before I left to go somewhere else. You know, I asked them, you know, do you guys care if I use what I've learned here to try to, you know, grow something else or do something else with it? And they're like, no, you know, I think... Most good coaches know that if they teach somebody, they're sharing that knowledge for them to continue sharing with other people. I mean, it's not like it's proprietary.
3: So, who's who's your arch nemesis? Yeah.
1: Great question. (laughs) Who's my
4: arch nemesis?
1: Who's your, who is there someone who's targeting you? Yeah. You're super competing against.
3: They're in the gym and they're like, Brit. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I
4: mean, Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of who exactly that would be. She's the badass, I mean, bro. Everybody
3: else is I know. One, everybody else yeah, is one you're, one. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm <laughs> squashing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm easy.
4: competitive with everybody. Like, I, I want to beat everybody. So really, any of the women that are at the high level, like, they probably sort of know that I want to beat them, whether or not I'm, like, ready to, to actually do that. <laughs> I don't know, but...
1: Are, are the Rush Do the Russians dominate?
4: The Russians, yes. Um... So in Russia, women are actually only allowed to do snatch.
1: Wait, did you just say allowed? Yes. Oh, yeah. I could I could see why it's <laughs> oh, not going to grow Russians. if we don't change some things <laughs> right <Exactly>. there.
4: <laughs> so yeah. um, they don't really, so women over there don't really compete in any of the other lifts except snatch. So, yes, they are, the Russian women are better at snatch than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's multiple women over there that have done over 200 reps with a twenty four kilo kettlebell in ten wow. minutes. Did you hear
1: switch.
4: that? Wow. <laughs> so, my
3: arm just fell off. Wow.
4: And a lot of them Two the, hundred? I think the woman who has the top overall score, she's like fifty eight kilos and she like she doesn't look like she lifts weights. Wait, or anything, she
1: weighs fifty eight kilos yeah. and she's done twenty four kilo kettlebell two hundred yeah, like, times. Yep. That's yes. fucking insane. Yeah. I don't know if I could press that. That just
0: shows you like how times. important technique is.
4: Yes, it's all about technique. I mean,
0: because you, I mean, I couldn't press that over my head fifteen times. You know, it was like <laughs> pressing that over a strict press fifteen exactly. times. I'd, I'd be well because
4: you're fighting gravity when you're pressing it, right? right? And when you're using the technique, you're using gravity and momentum to help you. Yeah, so yeah. it makes it. That's easier um, for that's. Sure.
0: Impressive. I don't
1: care, dude. Show us the technique. I don't think we'll be able to. Do oh that. yeah, right. Oh
0: no, of course not. Well, so okay. Now I know a lot of times when I, when I meet athletes, um, are you fully immersed in it? Like this is your. This is like your life you're you're either training for an event you're either training someone else for an event you're, you're eating it, for it you're sleeping you're hanging for it. yeah you're hanging yeah that's me yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> all kettle all the time
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah so it can be all the time for sure for you okay so now it do you ever find that you know you have to kind of disconnect do you do you let yourself do that do you say like okay i'm not i'm going to just veg out netflix and chill all day do you do that <laughs> ever like do you have a like a getaway what do you do if you do that
4: I mean, I, I definitely think I read
1: kettlebell books. Yeah,
4: <laughs> go go on vacation somewhere. Like in May, I'm going to Costa Rica, so that'll be like my my little break from kettlebell.
0: Okay, probably. you're stage yeah. five, right on. Yeah, yeah, my stage five.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna use that term. Now. How is your how is your your nutrition? How, would would you classify in partic- any particular way in terms of how you eat, or do you just eat for fuel and then go train?
4: I mostly just eat for fuel, but um, I would say that. People know me as sort of like a health nut. Like, I don't eat a lot of junk food. Like, mm. I, I don't eat a lot of, you know, hamburgers and fries or donuts or stuff like that. I don't really crave it necessarily. But, you know, I did I did have pizza on Saturday night after my competition. So oh, I, I kind of just, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly just eat for fuel. I don't eat um, a ton of meat, but um, I don't classify myself as any kind of like vegetarian mm. or vegan or anything like do, that. Do you
1: feel better not eating as much meat? Is that why?
4: Yeah, I feel a little bit better not not eating as much meat. I've I've read some different books on you know the the whole factory farming industry, mm-hmm. so that's kind of um, been something. I try to stay away from stuff that isn't well sourced.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're uh, all kettlebell all the time, how is that? Uh bode for like relationships and stuff. How What's that look like? Uh,
4: prob- probably not that well.
0: <laughs>
4: I feel like that's, I spend so much, all my focus is more towards my career and towards my athletic performance. So it definitely kind of takes a little bit of a backseat, I would say.
0: Now, have you ever dated another kettlebell athlete? Have you ever done that?
4: Uh, I don't I don't even know if I should answer that. Why not? <laughs> are you not allowed, allowed to So because that's uh, a yes. Are you it's not just allowed to start to? all kinds of rumors? You <laughs> uh, never answer to this well, question. Well that's what we're that's
0: what we're here for. <laughs> Jesus. That's a, We're
1: here to start rumors. We're a talk show, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So I mean, yeah, have you have you dated I
4: would say have not I, I have not seriously dated another kettlebell.
0: Is that because seriously you're intimidating? <laughs> you can you whip on most we're everybody so it. they're inti- they're intimidated it, by you? What do you think?
4: Maybe. Yeah. I feel like I have been told that I'm intimidating, so that that could be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from my side, I don't know if I would be able to date another guy if he wasn't able to lift more than me. <laughs> well, that just
1: narrows it down to yeah. like five people. That's world. why
4: it's so hard. <laughs> that
1: sucks. Yeah. Do you? Uh, We're all screwed. Do, so you're you're classic uh, competitive type A, all or nothing mentality. And even as I'm saying this, it kind of makes you excited because you kind of feel like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, that's who I am. Do you ever think about like what do I do after? What am I going to do after this is done? Uh you know, am I am I going to be nothing? You know, from all to nothing?
4: I I think about that a little bit. Uh try not to think about it too much. <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> but I, you know, I I co- coaching is a big part of what I mm-hmm. do as well. So I feel like um because of that, I'm not really like afraid of, you know, when the time comes for me to stop lifting, I'm excited to help the sport grow and help you know younger athletes come up and, and be better than I was you because know, that's what, what coaching is all about. I really love to coach as well, hmm. so um, I would be fine with that transition.
1: What's your ultimate dream? It's my ultimate dream.
4: I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I definitely would like to have the flexibility in my career to be able to travel or live wherever I want. I would say that having that as part of my lifestyle is a big dream for me. Mm. I haven't quite figured out exactly where I would want to live or if I'd want to, you know, live in multiple places, but that's definitely.
1: What about your dream for, I guess, kettlebell sport? Because you've said several times. Yeah. Where would
0: you like to to see kettlebell sport in the next three to five years? Where, where, Where would you like to see the sport?
4: I would just like to see it like exploding in terms of participation in competitions. It's definitely grown a lot in the past five years, but I, I think the time is ready for it to really start growing a lot. So I would like to see it become, you know, like a big, uh, big, big sport, more like CrossFit that it gets, you know, national, international attention and that people all over like know what it is, that so they don't just know what a kettlebell is, but... They understand that it's a competition and and kind of what it's all about. And I would I would love to be you know a key player in that in terms of like organizing and promoting the sport.
0: Do you feel like that's happening right now? Do you feel I mean, someone who's been been around it for as long as you have, do you feel like there's a different energy going on right now? Like in the last maybe six months to a year, have you noticed that, or has it just been kind of a consistent like slow rise?
4: I think I think there's definitely been energy growing around it. I think also the. Um, The past few years there's been, you know, women have started lifting double bells more and that's been something that's, honestly, I think people get the most excited to watch the women lifting the heavy double kettlebells out of anything else in the sport. Mm -hmm. So as that's grown, it's built up a lot of excitement. Um, This World Championships that I'd mentioned a few times with the club teams, that was the first year for it this year, so I think that built a lot of energy and excitement um, this competition coming up in May, I feel like, especially for beginners, we've gotten so many new and different people being interested in it that um, I'm really excited to see kind of how that will help also. As another. Interesting
1: you said that about the, the, the women comp- competing, how people like to watch that. I actually just had this conversation with these gentlemen literally before you walked in and how when you see things really explode in fitness, it's usually the when women get in it and they start doing well in it that it really takes off, uh, happened to CrossFit. CrossFit you know it was a lot of guys and then girls started getting into it and then it really started you don't think that just off. Happened with MMA too yeah. i think
0: that's just cuz uh, sex sells and women are sexy
1: i
2: don't we're not very lift
1: awesome. we're not very sexy yeah.
0: it's cool to watch women do everything speak
1: for yourself bro <laughs> no i think i'll tell you why i this is what i think i think women number 1 are the consumers if you look at who consumes who goes to stores who buys things who makes decisions on what to do uh you know for you know whether it's buying stuff for your your house your shampoo whatever they have brand loyalty way more than men do like if i ask you guys what kind of shampoo you buy you could give a shit um, uh, they are very very loyal yeah, to whatever they're doing so when women get into something they tend to be like man i'm doing this and we're all going to do this and they bring their friends much more than men do um and it's uh they it, it, it just the, the growth the growth potential like a guy doing something the likelihood that they're going to share it all over social media, talk about it, and bring their friends is lower than when women tend to do it. Plus, let's be honest like, uh, there's this, like, to see women do things that involve strength and athleticism is very empowering. And it's different, it's empowering in a different way to women than it is uh, for men. So, when you take a woman who she played some sports and, you know, maybe not as active now, and then she gets into kettlebell sport and she feels like so empowered by hoisting these you know these massive you know iron you know globes above her head or whatever like that's fucking awesome it's great and then it's great to watch too so that's always that's my opinion at least and i would venture to say that the you've probably seen the growth of kettlebell sport match the 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 growth of the women entering the sport am i wrong or
4: no i think you're right and i think a lot of it is um what you just touched upon that last point it's about breaking barriers you know about women breaking these pre-existing barriers either you know if there was an actual barrier like they weren't allowed to do this or if it was just um going past what people thought they could do or or um their own personal barriers i think that's something that you know it can be very empowering to experience or to watch for other people
0: now for somebody who's uh maybe listening right now and they're like you know fuck i want to try this i want to get into this like, where would you recommend someone to start? Like, I, you know, I have never picked up a kettleball before. Where do I start? Oh, <laughs> you know, he's son of a bitch. <laughs> where, where do I start? I got you offended. Right in the I got offended right there.
4: Well, I would probably recommend them to check out my website or my YouTube channel. I feel like um, I've, got, I've got a lot of good tutorials and things on there for people that are interested in, oh, in nice. starting and learning the technique. Um, or taking a look at uh, Kettlebell Kings has a great... Kind of four week beginner program that um, Aaron Vivial helped them put together. So um, that would be a great resource for people as well. Excellent.
1: Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about the competition we have coming up here uh, at Mind Pump uh, Media. It's we we knew it would get some attention. Uh, you know, Mike is putting it together um, uh, mainly very very well. He knows lots of people, and Mike's a great guy. Um, but we did not. We we had no idea that it would get this much attention. Like it's already getting sold out way before the event. And I guess Mike says that almost never happens. And we're getting people from rival organizations and why? Why are we getting all this attention? Yeah, big players our, are coming in in our competition. Is it the prizes? Is it prize money? Is it the attention it's getting? Is it the because if there's been there's been a need for I this. I feel like
0: you're searching for a compliment right now.
1: Well, I don't know. I feel, Maybe. I feel like. Could, be all mind, those could mind,
0: mind pump have something to do with it? I feel like. Well, you're... I. I, I, I don't, Definitely. Yeah. You're, pr- you're pretty, bro. Thank
1: you. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, for, like, what 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 do you think's going on? Because for me, when I see this, I'm like, holy shit! There was a need. There was a need in the market for something like this. Like, what 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 is it that's making these people come to compete from different organizations?
4: Yeah, I think there was a need. I think there's enough people involved that, like, I don't think um, me, me and Mike, as being the main people that are promoting to the people we already know in the sport, I think we're both fairly neutral in terms of not necessarily, you know, only with this organization or only with this one. So we're trying to reach out to, you know, the, the different people we know in the sport to, to bring them all together. I think that, you know, it's been a you guys have done a great job helping to promote it and um, promote, you know, people getting interested in kettlebell sport. I think Kettlebell Kings has been doing a great job with that as well, with getting, you know, finding those interested parties and kind of directing them in the right direction. And as I mentioned before, there's not really anything with kettlebell sport in this like South Bay area. So I think that there's definitely a need for that. I know there's a lot of people that are excited about it being in this Area, mm. so I think that's definitely played a role.
1: Well, we're very excited to oh, be hosting yeah. it. Yeah, we're super, super pumped, and we're super pumped to see the. We want to do it justice too. Yeah, you know, we want to make sure we have a good time it. doing yeah. it, and um, and that it feels welcoming to everybody. Oh
0: yeah, before we before we hang up on that, t- you know, we got the chance to talk to Mike a lot about the about this, but um, you know, we're really going all out on this event. I mean, we plan to have you know food trucks out here, DJ going, like we want to make this really cool. Is there anything that you can think of that you either, won haven't seen at another event or you saw maybe at one or two you really thought was cool and you liked that um, would be neat to see? Mm,
4: that's a good question. Well, I think um, the the prizes, which we've already kind of addressed that are going to be there, but I think that's something that's that's really awesome because... Um,
0: when you say prizes, what and we kind of actually talked about this a little bit, like I was really headstrong about making sure that we had cool trophies because I feel like when you're an athlete or a competitor like there's something about getting bringing home a trophy. Like yeah. and I'd rather have a trophy than a little than a little medal or I'd rather oh, yeah. have, or a little th- certificate that I hand you like I want a fucking trophy. So, <laughs> do you, do you, feel yeah. do you feel the same I way? I prefer
4: a trophy to a medal. Okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: good. I Just want to make sure we're on the same page with it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz if yeah, not we, we could save a lot of we money getting the fucking medals, you know what I'm saying? Your <laughs> trophies. Yeah, certificates yeah. we could have done at Kinko's, you know what I'm saying? That would be a lot easier. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's I'm important. Sure.
1: Yeah, if there's anything else, let us know uh, that we can include in this competition. We want to make sure it's it's awesome. Think I, little- think,
4: I think one of the most helpful things would uh, be, you guys, I'm sure you guys are covering this, but getting a lot of great media for, you know, getting a lot of pictures and yeah. videos and stuff that you can use then to promote other competitions going forward uh, would be awesome. Because like you said, there's a, a lot of people that, might have great information, but they're not presenting it in a way with today's social media and everything online. It's like, if it's not really good quality and catches people's attention, they're just not going to look at it.
1: Hmm.
3: Can so. we jazz up the uniforms a little bit, maybe? What uniforms? Jazz them up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sequence, Make them flashy. No, how does yeah. that
0: work? I, I've noticed at some competitions, everyone kind of has like a similar uniform. Is that like, are those rules, like you can't wear certain things?
4: Yeah, so, so most of the time you ha- you have to wear like spandex or tight fitting shorts above the knee because part of the judging of the competition is that you can see that people um, like lock out their knees at the oh. top um and so, same thing with the arms you sh- you have to be able to see their elbows mm-hmm. so that's that's a requirement and then besides that people will often wear you know their their just their club t-shirts and things like that
1: well excellent mm-hmm. well all, all right. right we are uh, very happy to have you uh, kind part, of of yeah, part, of part of the family yeah it's really part of it part of the family now you're part of the family you're official you've been uh, in the cube yeah uh, and we hope to do more, more things with you Britt I think you're a good represent uh, representative uh, and ambassador um, for the sport you have got a great you. attitude and we personally our opinion is that we think that there's a very bright uh, future for the sport um, and we're looking forward to seeing yeah we, we want to support it in any way we can for sure totally so uh, but it's been awesome having you on Thank, Thank you guys so much on. for
4: having me. Thank thanks. you.
1: Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, go to mindpumpmedia.com and sign up for 30 days of coaching for free. Every single day you get an email covering a particular topic that has to do with fitness, wellness, nutrition, strength, fat loss, all those things. Um, and on, on that email will be uh, episodes that we've done where we've covered that particular topic in detail, time stamped, So you could just go right to... The period of the, the the point of the podcast that covers that particular topic. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin at Mind Pump Justin.
2: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB super bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.